0: Hey, Head Tribe, if you enjoyed this episode and want us to continue to grow our head message, jump over to buymeacoffee.com and show us some love. That's buymeacoffee.com forward slash giving head. That's G-I-V-I-N-G-H-E-D. And show us some love. Thank you. I mean, you have to talk about it more. That's the key to normalizing anything
1: that even like with conversations around mental health, right? The key to normalizing therapy and mental health is to talk about going to therapy, talk about, oh yeah, on Monday, I have an appointment with my therapist, right? And just make that part of your normal conversations. Like Sunday, I'm at brunch and Monday I'm in therapy, you know, (laughs) and make it, you know, and make it normal. The more you talk about it the more people are like hmm i remember you said something about therapy who's your therapist and just normalize those kinds of conversations
0: welcome to giving head the podcast wondering what head stands for what h is for happiness e for empowerment and d for development This is the podcast that will discuss topics from the 40-year-old perspective. This is where we will help to navigate you through this new chapter of your life.
2: I'm your host, Sherry, and my co-host is named Kim. To join this community, push the subscribe button to get all the latest head episodes. And to help our head message grow, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment as well. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Giving Head H-E-D. Now let's get into
0: it. Hey, Head Tribe, welcome back to Giving Head, the podcast. We have an awesome episode for you. We have Shanitria Anthony, who is the CEO and founder of the brand Blunt Blowing Mama. Yep, I said it, Blunt Blowing blowing mama. (laughs) She provides a platform that discusses the cannabis lifestyle and how to normalize the conversation around cannabis and being a mom. In this episode, we touch on that. We talk about cannabis and parenthood, cannabis and pregnancy. We even bring in vaginas in this conversation and how CBD and cannabis work hand in hand with that. She by far is not a doctor and let me just put that out there now however she is very knowledgeable about the cannabis industry and the cannabis benefits for anybody's lifestyle. She's very knowledgeable. She's very versed in what she knows, and she knows her shit. Yeah, I said that, her shit. (laughs) This was an awesome episode. It was a fun episode. And as I said, a very knowledgeable episode about normalizing cannabis. In our mature years, we need to know about this holistic method as... We get older, we have ailments, and we have different things that affect us. And traditional medicine doesn't always work. In this episode, we hear some information about different ailments that we may have that can be treated by cannabis. If you're not sure, you can always reach out to your own doctor as well. Let me just put that out there. And if not, then this is an episode that provides some information for you to research even more. But I want you to listen to this episode and get all the information that you need. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Okay. Well, welcome to Giving Head, the podcast. I am beyond excited for this podcast because we have, I'm going to call her the CEO and founder of the brand, Miss Shanitria. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Anthony.
1: Yes, you are. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Hi.
0: Hi. And your brand is Blunt Blooming Mama, which I was just intrigued by the name within itself, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> our podcast is all about movement through the new and mature stage of your life and when. I thought of you as a guest and I was like, you know, we need some education in this area, right? So what, how we like to start our podcast off is with you telling us where were you born, where you were raised. Give us a little bit of background on who Shanitria is.
1: Yeah, sure. So yeah, my name is Shanitria. I am the founder and yeah, CEO of Blunt Blowing Mama, which is a cannabis lifestyle platform. That aims to normalize cannabis consumption and conversations around cannabis, specifically where parents are concerned, especially mothers and Black moms, Um, just adding that visibility and just helping people to understand that, you know, cannabis is a plant. And to help people to understand more about it, because a lot of people do not know. Um, So that's kind of the point of the platform. And it consists of a podcast and called Blunt Blowing Mama and an Instagram page and a website. I sell merchandise also. I've been doing it since December 2017 is when I started Blunt Blowing Mama. And I've been going strong ever since. I'm a mom. I have two kids. My oldest is, she just turned six years old and my son recently turned two and I am based in uh, Los Angeles, California. I was born in Mississippi and partially raised there. I also grew up in Georgia. I went to middle school, high school, and I also attended Georgia State University for college I got my degree, my bachelor of science degree in journalism, and I've worked as a journalist for ABC News, uh, Huffington Post, um, Attention, Reader's Digest, Blavity. I've written for a lot of different publications as well, like Vice, Pop Sugar, um, and then I've also obviously written for the brands that I've worked at as well. And you know, I worked as an editor for I, don't know, I guess over ten years now. And I decided to kind of pivot and do my own thing. But I still do take on jobs here and there in journalism because that's my first love and passion um, Mm -hmm. is journalism. But yeah, I did that. And um, I just decided to start my own platform after moving to California in 2016. I moved here to L.A from New York. And yeah, it's just been a wild ride ever since coming to California really helped me to see how normal weed is Mm. out here. Um, It's very part of their culture. And that's very different from the other side of the country, especially in Georgia and New York um, and Mississippi, which are the places that I've, you know, lived a long period of time, just the East Coast in general. And it was really eye-opening to me, especially as a Black woman, to see, you know, like the freeness that Black people are kind of, and then White people, all the people over here had with it that, um, you know, folks on the other side of the country, on the East Coast, really just don't even know, you know? So right, it was just really right. interesting to me. Um, and that's kind of,
0: you know, one of the starting points of creating Blunt born Mama. Wow. Oh, I thought Kim was going to say
2: something. Well, Cam's over in Georgia, said. So... <laughs> Right. So I, I definitely understand when you say on the East Coast, it is totally different and you don't see. Now you have people who are branching out doing the CBD stores and different things like that here, but it's not the same as it is on the West Coast. Yeah, absolutely not at all. At first I
1: was like, man, this is not fair. And oh, like I hate, you know, I hate this and that. But now I'm really aside from just the angst that, you know, could come with it. It's really absolutely like. It's not fair because the accessibility is just not there, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people don't even understand that this could be a medicine that could heal them and a lot of their ailments. And so, at this point, now we're really talking about keeping people away from medicine. We're talking about inequity in the healthcare system, and that's obviously something we all know about it. And when we start talking about cannabis in that way, then it really starts to open eyes and people start to get in the conversation more because it's like, wait, you're telling me this could help me with my arthritis? This could help me right. with my headaches? This can help me with my lower back pain. This can help me with this and that and, you know, my migraines. And it's like, why don't I have access to this? Right. That's why I really want people to see and understand um, so that they can advocate for getting this medicine in their cities and towns and states, because it's really just peak America to have something right. where it's legal and essential in one state and you go to another state and you can get arrested for it.
0: <laughs> or be on an island and you could get arrested for it, like here in Bermuda, yes. you know what I mean? Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. The thing about it here in Bermuda, unfortunately, is the sense of it has to be imported, right? So it's mm. going to be imported in any type of way. So you can't always get exactly what you need for the ailments that you may have, right? Mm. And so it it makes it, and I'm sure there's some underground places that kind of do their own things here, right? But Mm -hmm. a lot of times people are using it for recreational use. But like you said, it's not until you get into the deepness of it and understand uh, what it's used for, um, for different medical components, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not a smoker like that. I'll be very honest, right? Mm -hmm. I'm one of those recreational people (laughs) and find find that I want to go to Amsterdam so I can get exactly what I need, right? For Mm -hmm. what I want to feel. And um, that's not always the case in the locations that I've visited, you know, Mm -hmm. talk to us about just, like you said, making it normal. I'm a seventies baby, right? So I think, of course, in the 60s and 70s, of course, there was, you know, people had their little dens and was it was a thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Then you enter into the 80s and 90s when you look into adding, of course, the crack um, pandemic and mm-hmm. different drugs, and it kind of takes on a whole different totality. But now it, we are coming into a more holistic lifestyle and it's becoming a bigger thing than what it is to criminalize it. As Mm -hmm. myself in my forties, I'm not a mom, but Kim is like, how can we not make it such this taboo thing where we're looking at you and saying, Oh my God, what is she doing?
1: Right. I mean, you have to talk about it more. That's the key to normalizing anything. That even like with conversations around mental health, right? The key to normalizing therapy and mental health is to talk about going to therapy. Talk about, oh yeah, on Monday I have an appointment with my therapist, right? And just make that part of your normal conversations. Like Sunday I'm at brunch and Monday I'm in therapy, you know. Right. And make it, you know, and make it normal. <laughs> the more you talk about it, the more people are like. I remember you said something about therapy. Who's your therapist? And just normalize those kinds of conversations. It's the same thing with cannabis, right? Normalize talking about like, you know, hey, I have had this anxiety, you know, it's an example. I've had this anxiety my whole life and you know, it really works for me, smoking a joint. So I'm about to go smoke this joint because I'm feeling really bad anxiety right now and it's gonna help me. So just kind of normalizing, having those conversations and talking about like what this plant can, is doing for you, how it's helping you, to maintain your life or be the woman that you, that people see. It's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm so productive and I get all these things done because every morning, you know, I take a CBD tincture or something, you know, and kind of normalizing it and not hiding it in the shadows. Because when you hide something, people make the assumption that it's bad or what you're doing is wrong. But the more open you are about something, the more people start to get used to it. And when people get used to things and that's when it becomes normal.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask as far as being a mom, is it something that you will openly discuss with your children as they get older? And what um, suggestions do you have for some parents who don't have that conversation? I would say
1: have the conversation because you don't want somebody else to have that conversation for you with your child. Just with everything else in this world. You need to tell your kids about like you're having to talk with your kids about consent about racism about you know how to treat and respect women how to be you know a good citizen and holding the door open for old ladies and helping people across like all the things you're going to teach them that's one of the things you have to teach them about as well because you don't want them to learn from school and these D.A.R.E. programs. And then now they don't got to your kid before you can get to them. And before you can even say anything they've at like, school told me that's you don't right. want that, you know, right. like just like I'm sending my kids to school and, you know, I want them to teach them a lot of things. But there's some stuff about black history. I know they're not going to teach them. I task that upon myself to fill in those gaps. And so I think that as parents, you have to fill in those gaps. And with cannabis, the earlier you can tell them, a lot, like with a lot of things, the better because they're more receptive. Their minds are like little sponges and you just build upon that information as they get older. On the Blunt Boy Mama podcast, I've chatted with so many parents whose kids are older Mm. and they've been talking to their kids about cannabis since they were younger or since maybe they were seven or eight or nine. And now they're 13, they're 12, they're 11, they're 16. And they're very knowledgeable about it. Mm -hmm. They're very Mm -hmm. informed. It's not this scary thing to them. And they're probably more informed than a lot of adults because their parents took that time to really just explain it to them and take the scary part out of it so that they're aware. And for a lot of kids, it's not like, oh, I'm going to go try this now that my parents told me about it. It's like, oh, thanks for letting me know. I was really curious why you were always going outside. Like, what are you doing out there? It's like, <laughs> I'm, you know, like your kids really just want to know you, right? They just want to know right. like, why do you do that? What are you doing? So just be open and honest with them, but keep it on a level that they can understand. So with my kids, they're six and two, they know things like they know about cannabis and CBD and those things, but they know age appropriate. Amount, right? Like they know right. what a, they know what a bong looks like. Like they know that because mama and daddy has those. They know what cannabis looks like because I've showed it to them. I'm like, this is a flower. Like, like when you are not smoking weed, it is so harmless. It's literally a flower. And <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. like this yes. is what it is, you know. But also saying, like, this is for adults. Like, just like with my kids see me drinking a glass of wine or a beer, it's like you can't have this, even though it looks Enticing or whatever it might look like to you, you cannot right. have this. This is not age appropriate for you until you are of age, until you're 21, and we can talk about it. And it's just like you know, introducing alcohol to your kids when they're 21 and you have the first drink with them. I would love to have a first smoke with my kids when they're 21 and age appropriate because I would rather them know and learn and do it and experience it with me than with some outsider who may not have the best of intentions. I want my kids to know, you know what red wine is and white wine is and what a sativa and an indica plant is, you know, I want them to know like what weed looks like, what it should look like. So if anybody ever offers them anything, they'll probably say, no, they'll say, no, they'll be like, uh, now I'm just going to talk to my mom about it. Like she has, you know, that, like, I don't need, like, there's no excitement in it for them because I've removed it. Mm -hmm. You know, I've taken away the mystery and i talk to them about it. So, you know, my kids, I tell them about CBD at night, after they take a bath, we rub their little backs with a CBD balm to help their little muscles relax. And they know I'm like, Hey, this is CBD. This is a bomb. I'm rubbing on you help you relax. they or with one of them get her, my daughter recently, like when she gets hurt, she's like, mama, can I get some CBD to rub on my, on my ankle or something? Like they know, you know, they, right, know. they, love, right. they love CBD bath bombs. I put the CBD bath bombs in, and, and their bath with them and they love it. They actually have to buy some more for them, but they love it. And so there's that <laughs> introducing it to them in those little small ways outside of even smoking so that they know that this can be used in a multitude of ways and not just, you don't just have to smoke it.
0: Right. I was going to ask, how do you deal with people looking at you as like, as a bad mom? You know what I mean? For doing this during pregnancy, um, in front of your kids and different things like that. How do you tackle that for yourself? Well, nobody's ever called me a bad mom. Or smoking oh, cool. weed,
1: <laughs> I'll, oh good, i say that. But I have spoken to a lot of women, and I think it's just because of where I live. I also just I keep a small circle, so everybody that I know, they know I smoke weed. They've known me for most of my life, and I've been smoking weed since I was 18 years old. So mm-hmm. they're like, okay, girl, like we know. So nobody has. I've never really gotten that judgment. I think people have oh, more questions. There's a lot of curiosity. You know, there's Mm. a lot of interest. And like, why do you do that? Oh, do you think that I could too? You know, there's a lot of questions that people have. And I think that that's worth answering because those people deserve to know. So I haven't experienced that, but a lot of women have, and I just always tell them like, you're not alone. Like you're not, I think that's the part that really gets women, especially mothers is thinking that I must be a bad mom because I don't know any other moms who do this, you know, nice. and that's just not the case. Like there's tons of other women and mothers, especially who are consuming cannabis um, for various reasons, and they just can't say it. They just don't open up about it. They don't tell people because that's not something you share, especially in certain states. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in a Georgia or a Florida or a Louisiana or Mississippi or even in New York, you kind of keep that to yourself because you don't want to open up any risk to child protective services coming into your right. home or any any sort of retaliation from someone so you know people keep that close to their chest and that's why women feel so alone and feel like I must be a bad mom but it's like no honey there's thousands of other women <laughs> probably more than that who are doing the same thing and they're just like you know just like you like they're it's in, maybe their husband knows or their partner knows and and that's it right and that can be very isolating so it is important for communities like born mama to exist for women to find other women, get tips, get pointers, or just have that camaraderie, that Mm -hmm. sisterhood. Um, It's very, very important because motherhood in itself can be quite isolating, but especially if you're doing something that's not quote unquote, the norm, like smoking weed. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. And I appreciate your platform for giving women and moms, particularly that freedom to have that conversation. And I think that you represent that, you know, it's that that cool, not coolness, but just that easiness
2: of being able to this is who I am and this is being what I intentional, do. Right. That intentional vibe of just being authentic of who you are and just walking in that.
1: Yes, and I encourage all women, especially Black women, to do that because I'm just in a point, I mean, especially after last year, after 2020, I mean, I'm just at a point in my life where I don't feel like I need to hold back any part of myself, any part of my Blackness, any part of my womanhood, any part of the things that I love to do that make me happy as a Black woman, because my ancestors have had to do it enough, okay? Like, they had to suppress who they were, they had to hold back their joys and happiness, they had to not pursue their goals and dreams to survive, And I don't feel like I'm in a survival place. I feel like I want to thrive. And in order to do that and to set that example for my kids so that they can pick up the ball and run even further than I was able to take it, um, I have to lead by example. I just feel like I wasn't really free. And in order to truly be free, I need to be myself every day, unapologetically, just like white folks. Um, and so like, <laughs> if they can do it, then hell, so can I. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. they definitely do. I know one thing that attracted me to you was when I did come across your Instagram page and I'm like, she's making me on Instagram. Oh my gosh. And then the more <laughs> that I watched and kept viewing your Instagram, it was, I was learning more, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as she said, um, having the conversations going on. And I was like, Kim,
2: are you following this girl named Blump Lemon Mama? <laughs> like- <Exactly. laughs> and I think I was following you as well without Sherry and I even having that conversation Mm-hmm. And just as Sherry mentioned, intrigued as well of your openness, just being authentic with it and the education behind it as well. And mm-hmm. then allowing yourself to be who you are. And I love your Insta stories and your <laughs> lives. You know, I know that you mm-hmm. recently spoke about you and your son kind of parting ways of nursing mm-hmm. and just that journey. Mm-hmm. Of that connection. So I do. I appreciate everything that you show on your Instagram page.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. <laughs> I think it's so important for Black women to just really be unapologetically ourselves. Um, and stop, you know, like just, I'm tired of just pretending. It's like, you know what, like Black women can have bad days, we can have good days, we can be carefree, we can. Be hippies and all this other stuff, just like anyone else, and it needs to be seen more without fear. I think that what keeps me mm-hmm. doing it is definitely living in California, right? And mm-hmm. knowing that the status of cannabis here and the tenure of the, that it has been, you know, it's a long time like this has been mm-hmm. ingrained in the culture here. So it does feel a little bit more liberating to do it here. Would I be so open if I were in Georgia or Mississippi or New York? No, uh- right, right, understood. <laughs> just, you know, Yeah, it's definitely location plays a a large part in that comfort, but even so, like, that's why I feel it's important to educate and and show all this information and all the duality of being a mom who, like, you know, I smoke weed and I'm doing it on camera, but I'm also, you know, here's a photo of my kid and me cuddling with my son and talking about, you know, and all these things because it's important to see both sides um, to show that to normalize it
0: (laughs) well and not only that that you have all of these other accolades as well that you're not you know what it's pictured you know you just sitting on a couch smoking weed you know and your (laughs) kids are running around with dirty diapers no you're a journalist (laughs) that has had plenty of publications you are entrepreneur and you are doing well for yourself and your family and you are still a mom that smokes weed because what does your t-shirt say um, <laughs> <No>. Moms who <laughs> smoke weed are not bad moms. <laughs> right. And first I smoke weed, then I do things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and maybe for me, you know, I can only speak for myself in regards to smoking weed. Not, of course, my introduction was college. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like you're away from home and it's like, oh, awesome. This is the thing that I'm going to do. And then just not knowing, you know what I mean? You just didn't know. And for me, that was something that adults did. That's not Mm -hmm. something that I did or my parents were definitely not those people. But- So I kind of found out about it in college and it it goes into the whole deepness of different strands and all of that kind of stuff. I just Mm -hmm. always felt paranoid. So I just felt like (laughs) it just wasn't for me. And so then going to Amsterdam and being able to really be in immersed in that type of culture and be like, okay, this is what I, how I want to feel. Can you give me something like for this? And then it's Mm -hmm. like, then I kind of enjoyed it better in that sense. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's why um, accessibility is so important because a lot of people like you probably have that
1: one time in college or that one time at a party or something and they got paranoid or they got freaked out or they just didn't get high or, you know, something weird happened. And they're Mm -hmm. like, I, it's not for me. And it's like, well, you know, what was the circumstances? Was there actually really weed in there? Was there something else at place with something? What was the strain? You know, um, there's just so many different things. And it's like, that lack of access can give you a lack of information as well. And when yeah. you don't have either of those things, and you make the only conclusion you can make, which is like, I'm going to stay away from that, because it's not for me. And that's a smart decision when it's not regulated, and you don't know where it's coming from. But you know, it's not, I would say that that's a mind that can be changed you right. know, with the right information put in front of them. And literally, like you said, you went somewhere and it felt safe. And you're like, Hey, I'm trying to feel like this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Try that. That's the dispensary experience that you get yes. out mm-hmm. here in a lot of States where it's, where it's legal here in the U S you get that dispensary experience, that Amsterdam experience, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of folks can't go to Amsterdam, but maybe you can make a trip to Vegas or maybe you can make right. a trip out to Colorado. You know, maybe you can, you can get somewhere where it is close so you can get that taste. And once you see. Like, actually, I think that when I saw the dispensaries here in LA, I was just like, I cannot fucking believe this. You you, you gotta be kidding me. I think I was very, I was jealous. And then I was angry for a while. I I was so angry. So just like, they get to have this this yes. is not
0: fair yeah <laughs> you know? and and meanwhile you're you're looking at your shoulder like you know <laughs> yes
1: yes my whole life looking over my shoulder smoking in cars like keeping in closets down, in closets <laughs> in the hotel room scared smoking on the street hoping no cops find like just all these fear-based mm. situations and only feeling safe really smoking in my home and I still love smoking in my home, but you know, like only really feeling safe there and not feeling safe telling anyone because it's just so dicey. And then trying to find the right weed man. And it's just a lot of stuff that it makes it not appetizing, especially when you are of a certain stature, you have a certain kind of job and you're living like supposed to be living a certain kind of life. And you know, you're not supposed to be like my weed man, my drug dealer, you know? <laughs> but if that's what yeah. it is, you know, that's what it is.
0: <laughs> when you say that, it's so funny because it is. It's like, okay, where's the weed man? You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you know, and,
1: you're working like this nice nine to five job, you
0: know, and then you got a weed man. <laughs> but in, interesting enough, that like, the weed man doesn't always come really educated like that if that makes exactly. any sense
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. you
0: know what I mean so it's like you want them to you know always, oh this is some good stuff no I, I need more like so like for me the meat mm-hmm. man ain't gonna work like you know what I mean <laughs> but yeah, going to going to Amsterdam allowed me uh, my significant other was like you need to try this and I was just like mm-hmm. that looks too strong but apparently that worked for me I don't know mm-hmm. you know what I mean <laughs> but That's I was the like- incredible. <laughs> but moving like I said into this mature time in our for us going over in our 40s, I find that looking at it for medicine. So, I have some family members that suffer from different things, cancer, parkinsons, and once I've kind of did a little bit of research and, and knowing that cannabis can help with some of these things, I mm-hmm. think that I forged on a journey to be like okay, this needs to not be here in Bermuda. This needs to be legal for these purposes, for these people to get some assistance. I know of someone who needed it for seizures and it became a whole thing, you know what I mean mm-hmm. here in Bermuda and under uh, from my understanding that, you know, y- using cannabis Helped with the seizures, but well, how is it that it can help with the seizures and then you can be put in prison for it? You know, right? Right, it's crazy. It's really as <laughs> when you think about it, it was just kind of funny
1: because it's just like it's just so ass backwards. Like when it's like, okay, it's going to be medicinal and it's going to help mm-hmm. with cancer, and like you said, and like Parkinson's and seizures, and you know, all the epilepsy, all these things, it's going to help, but but if you have it then you might also get arrested if you're not That's using right. it for medical reasons. It's just like, everything can be medical. Like anxiety is medical, but I might not yes. go to the doctor to be diagnosed with it. Depression is medical, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Most doctors don't di- diagnose you with postpartum depression because you really don't get enough checkups after you have a baby, just to be honest. They really don't probe enough. But like, if you have cannabis and you know that it's going to help you feel better and you're feeling depressed, why would you not smoke that? Like if that was your only option to climb out of depression was to smoke weed, why would you not just smoke the weed (laughs) (laughs) if you
0: could, you know, Exactly. I I know for, like I said, moving into our, our forties menopause is going to be amongst us, at least Kim and I (laughs) probably sooner (laughs) than we think, right? I rebuke that.
2: <laughs>
1: well, you know what, you know what, ladies. I have an episode on on the Blunt Woman Mama podcast where I spoke with a woman who is of of a mature age, and you know, gave me a little preview of what I have to see when I do hit that stage of my life. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she is going through menopause, and she said that cannabis helps her greatly with mm-hmm. a lot of the things that come with being uh with going through menopause and like with the hot flashes and she was saying like even the mood, like your hormones like mm-hmm. things shift and she said it helps with that and also with you know her sex life too um mm-hmm.
0: so i was just now, like sp- okay. speak on that now tell us more about that <laughs> cuz <'Cause>,
1: you know <laughs> apparently the level of wetness does decrease when you get to that part of your life. But I didn't realize that. I just know that like when you're breastfeeding as a mom, um, you don't get as wet down there when you are breastfeeding. And that's for however long you're probably going to be breastfeeding and right. it can be not fun. And so I was just like, you know, a lot of women do deal with dryness down there. Sometimes like, you're not, you're not always going to be wet and that's fine. Right. Um, I right. grab you can grab a lube, but there are also, keep it moving. you know, But, you know, there are also, it comes with like relaxation and being able to relax those muscles. There are lubricants that have cannabis in it or Mm. hemp CBD. That's really helpful um, with like just relaxing um, the muscles and, you know, uh, increasing blood flow to the area, which, you know, will help increase sensation. And so there are a lot of brands that do make those products. And I personally love them and they do everything for my sex life like i said especially i mean like after you have a kid like you know getting back into sex can be a little difficult especially right. if you are breastfeeding because it's just not sexy to have your titty sucked on
0: all day and then you're going to bust it open in the bedroom like
2: right. i just don't know <laughs>
0: and then somebody grown want to be sucking on them too it's like yeah, it's too much yeah,
1: and so a lot, are, <laughs> and a lot of women are, a lot of women, they say that they get touched out. Like, I don't want anybody touching. Like, yeah. I have been touched mm-hmm. all, the, like, don't. And it's like, you know, how are you supposed to connect with your partner intimately in that way? If you don't want to be touched, well, cannabis can kind of help you break through that mental block, whatever is there that's making you feel that way. Um, whether it be like, you know, taking that 10, 15 minutes to smoke a joint, that gives you enough self-care and time to yourself to meditate. That you're like, I don't feel touched out anymore. Like, I feel fine now. I'm good. Like, and then you can go and be in the mood if you want to be in the mood. Or you right. can, you know, smoke it with the intention of like, you know, I'm trying to get in the vibe tonight. Like, I want to have sex. It's been two weeks. I'm going right. to smoke this. And like, with the intention of having sex, you know, like it can help in right. so many ways that, you know, lubricants, like I said, that are infused um, suppositories are really great that you can kind of insert into either the vagina or the anus it can help out a lot with sex there are uh, massage oils that are cannabis or or hemp cbd infused that can also help with relaxation and setting the mood there's just like and i always say if you don't smoke weed then you at least need some of these uh body and topical and intimate products in your life, especially if you're a woman, I I always say all women need cannabis because our bodies just need more loving. And I feel like there's just so many products out here on the market that were not made by women and don't understand our bodies and cause us more harm than good. And Mm. cannabis helps with so many of those things. And I've just had like a change in my whole health and just my skin and everything with using cannabis daily, like all over my body it's been amazing. So I just encourage women to really look into how cannabis can help them. And if you have access to it, then like go for it. But a lot of these brands make hemp products that can ship everywhere.
2: So, okay. <laughs>
0: also and even that. looking out for those products, making sure that they, you know, cause sometimes they say they have, and then it's like, what, half a percent Mm. of it in there, right? So it's also being very, very careful of what You got to read the
1: fine print. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And we're in the age of Google, you know, like while you're in the store, Google them, you know, and and see like who these people are. I'll tell you right now, a lot of the good, good brands are probably not even in CVS. So I wouldn't even pick any of that. I would just, you know, go online and find the brands that are the most reputable and you read their story, you know, on their bio. And if this resonates with you, reach out to them. You know, ask them like, hey, is it true that you only do X, Y, Z? They will get back to you. If they're a good company, they'll get back to you. And that's the kind of company you want to support and buy um, your products from. Because there are a lot of bad actors out there, but there are also a lot of really good people who grow, you know, who have these farms and they care about growing plants and they care about the cannabis plant and they study it and they know all these things and they're they're growing top quality and they, you know, they care. And so you want to support those kinds of brands. Um, There's a lot of them out there. Um, Like for lubes, like I just mentioned, there's Quim. Mm. which is q u i m and they sell a cbd oil for the vagina <laughs> she calls it mm-hmm. like an eye cream for your vagina that you apply daily yes. and it helps to keep it you know moisturized and helps with any inflammation that you might have going on down there so it's like for me for instance like after i have sex i usually like to you know after i wash up i have a cannabis infused balm that i like mm lightly massage into my vagina after I shower I pat dry I'm dry and then I rub that on and that helps with my recovery because usually like I like it a little rough after sex like if you had, like if you like it a little rough you know <laughs> then like you you puffy. <laughs> Yeah, she, she might be a little puffy she might be a little sore and it's so okay. when I put that on I'm not so sore anymore And I can have sex that next night, which, like, usually if it's really rough, then like I can't have sex that next night. I gotta give up. We gotta chill. We gotta chill. But, like, with (laughs) that, it helps with the inflammation because when you think about it, all it is is inflammation. You beat her up and she's a little puffy and red and swollen. Right, (laughs) right. It's inflammation. So, the cannabis is gonna help with bringing that inflammation down, calming your skin, calming your vagina and relaxing those muscles and you're all good. You're good to go. And, and then this particular product that you also has like shea butter in it and, and coconut oil and all these other really good things, olive oil and calendula, I'm sorry, if I'm pronouncing it wrong, <laughs> T-A-L-E-N-D-U-L-A and all those things work together. That particular one that I just described, it actually helps with like a bacteria that may be in the vagina. So like having sex, like and you have something go inside of you, you can be introducing bacteria, But that particular herb helps to kind of make sure that that bacteria doesn't really survive, like it gets rid of it. I talk to those people on my podcast and like they share all this knowledge and I've just been like a sponge soaking it all in as I've been doing all this and learning and trying it out on myself. And it's just changed my life. Honestly, I can't even speak. I put every woman on. I'm like, you having sex. All right. Well, you need to make sure that you're putting this on your vagina after sex because it changed I love having sex and it's it's a game. If you're in a relationship, I know you're having a lot of sex or you're having right. more than a single person. Like you need right. to be taking care of your vagina because a lot, having a lot of sex leads to yeast infections and all sorts of problems. But if you are taking care of your vagina with cannabis products or CBD products, then you'll be all right.
0: Well, let me tell you, you can't get it. I'm (laughs) I'm just like, Quim. let me write that down. Let me see what else she's got to (laughs) say. Let me take notes. Because like I said, and as we were saying, like when you get older, like things shift and change. And so for you and Kim, like it's babies, you know, babies shifted and everything changed. For me at this time is age, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's good to hear various things and the knowledge and you know you you spitting it for for us women. (laughs) Exactly. exactly. It's so important because like we should be enjoying sex and it should be
1: healthy. It should be Mm -hmm. healthy. Like you shouldn't have to make go to your gynecologist afterwards for a yeast infection or you shouldn't have to have like a painful vagina. Like guys are like, oh yeah, I beat it up like you look at her, you know it's like no, like that's not funny. That's not cool. It actually Mm -hmm. really does hurt right now. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And I want to feel better, but, you know, the life angle is that, oh, well, that's just what happens. And it's like, okay, that happens, but it shouldn't be, you know, my existence every time for all of my life, every time as a sexually active woman, I reject that. So like, (laughs) you know, like these (laughs) products are made by women. And I think that nobody's going to get it or make a product formulated that will work like another woman. And these women did it. And so, Quim is another good one. Um, Ohm Edibles is another good one. Foria is another good one. That's F-O-R-I-A. And then another one is Kiss Canoe, K-I-S-K-A-N-U. And they, I think all of them sell, they have a CBD hemp line. And their pro- this the hemp products, the CBD hemp products are just as good as cannabis. But if you're in LA or California and you're able to get your hands on the cannabis products, then baby.
0: Those are hey. definitely way better. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you TV this. Works. Yeah. Let me <laughs> ask you this. I know I've had some bad stories about edibles, Like you saying edibles mm-hmm. just triggered my thoughts. And a lot of times when people don't want to be viewed as a bad mom, they'll do mm-hmm. some edibles to get the same types of feelings. What is your thoughts on that? Because I've heard so many, not so many pleasant things. I definitely... Have like, no, I'm not doing that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, so
0: I was definitely like that
1: as well for a long time. I would okay. say last year. Last year is actually when I finally got on board with edibles and started to understand and like the more before that it was a bad experience after bad experience after worst experience. Um, it getting came. too high, feeling like I'm gonna die, or just not getting high at all. And then I feel like I wasted my money. And so, or time. And so it's just like you have to keep trying and keep going back and saying like and you have to be willing to go through those bad trips those bad experiences i say the, now that i know better the key now when you do have those bad trips is to always have cbd in your home preferably smokable cbd uh like you know the actual flower because if you ever feel too high then you can just smoke your cbd joint Or, you know, smoke your CBD out of your pipe or a bong or whatever you have. And it will instantly bring you back down because CBD is non-psychoactive and it actually counteracts the psychoactive effects of THC. So it'll bring you down. Or I learned that peppercorn is also really good if you're too high. If you don't have CBD, most people usually have pepper in their house. You chew on that. And that is supposed to bring you down from your high. I personally don't like pepper that much. So i just decided to keep CBD always in my house. But I heard that pepper is definitely another way. But yeah, edibles, you have to be willing to, you know, get go, go on a bad trip, get too high. Just make sure you have the things, like I said, so you're ready. So if that happens, it's like, uh-oh, you know, and then you smoke that CBD, you're feeling good. Or you take that CBD tincture. To, a tincture now is going to take a while to kick in. So you might be feeling high for a while before it kicks in, but you'll eventually come down, and I would say that, you know, enjoy the ride. Like, you know, and in that moment, <laughs> take out, take, you know, take out a do it at a responsible time if you're a parent. You know, maybe when your kids are you're, are being watched by your parents, the grandparents or something, or get a sitter or something, and or maybe it's uh, when the kids go to bed at night, and you try it, and you know, because you know they're going to be out for the night. It's probably a little harder to do when you have a little baby because they'd be waking up but when you if you have older kids then they're right. probably going to be asleep through the night so at night it's a really good time at night period i think is a good time because if you over medicate and you get too high and you fall asleep, well, you're not going to be like, Oh, I'm slept through my whole day. I miss thing right. and that, you know, you'll just go to sleep, right. You fall asleep on the couch or you go get in bed. So that's not so bad. Or, you know, if you just get too high, then, you know, like, I'm not going to get any emails. Nobody's going <laughs> to be calling me, you know, right. so you won't feel that pressure. And it kind of um, takes a lot of that off. So I always say nighttime, maybe on a Friday night or Saturday night, something like that, where, you know, you don't really have anything to do. And, Things are a little bit easier. You just want to make sure your setting is right. And then if you're really serious about edibles, get a journal and start writing it down. Write down, I took this cookie at 7 p.m. and I didn't feel anything all night. Or I took, okay. you know, I took 10 milligrams of this chocolate that's infused with, you know, uh cannabis and at 6 p.m. And here's the brand and all this stuff or whatever. Mm. And I got high. I felt high 30 minutes later. I felt high 90 minutes later. Write all that down so that you know it's like, okay, cool. Well, last time I took 25 milligrams and I got too high. This time I cut it in half. I tried, you know, this many milligrams or, you know, and and it was still too much. Okay. So next time I'm going to, that's what I always say. Like, if you, I like, how much did you take? You smoked the whole joint. Okay, next time, maybe try smoking half, like always just cut it in half. You took 10 milligrams, that was too much. Okay, start with next time, try five. But if you're new, I say start low and go slow. So you need to start with like, if you get a gummy, probably just cut that gummy in half and eat half the gummy and start really, really low dose um, Mm -hmm. because you just don't, you would rather not feel anything at all than get two. Medicated and be scared. You know, (laughs) it's better, it's easier to add on and feel more later, but you can't really do any take backs. (laughs) (laughs) Start low and go slow. You know, if you wait, really wait, really wait out the like, I usually say like 60 to 90 minutes, you might feel something, but sometimes I've had edibles not kick into four, six hours later, you know, so it really just depends. And that's the
0: dangerous part. And that's the the
1: part where I don't like edibles as much, but I have, like I said, you have to keep trying because there are certain brands and products that may react to your body better. I find that gummies and like little tablets and stuff like that, that dissolve under the tongue work best for me. But like if I'm eating an infused meal, like I'm having an infused cookie or something, like I know it's going to take hours because it's got to metabolize, it's got to go through your digestive system and all that stuff. It's going to take a while. So I always like, okay, I'm about to take this. And I know that this is going to kick in. Like for instance, sometimes I'll take an edible at like 8 p.m. And I'm like, okay, this is going to kick in around bedtime, you know, for the mm-hmm. kids. So then I'll be ready. But you have to know. And the only way to know is to keep trying and to write down your notes so that you can learn what your body likes and what it doesn't like, just like anything else.
0: Girl, <laughs> you just a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <Yes. laughs> Listen. Yeah, <laughs> You need more exactly. than your podcast. When is your show going to come out? Like, really? <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: Um, Oh, it's it's a lot. It's a lot I'm working on, though. It's a lot coming.
0: So
2: just stay tuned. (laughs) Well,
0: and I was going to say, I was going to say, you know, make sure you let us know those things that are going to be coming out soon. But here on Given Head, the podcast, we always end our interviews with what is your happiness, empowerment, and development? Because it's it's more than just a name. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So like what brings me happiness is? Mm -hmm. what do you feel is happiness for you what makes you empowered and what keeps you developed happiness for me is you know living my life on my own terms
1: that's happiness for me and feeling free and freedom is happiness like uh liberation is happiness financial freedom freedom to live my life how I want to raise my kids how I want like that makes me happy and what makes me feel empowered working for my damn self be my own boss that makes me feel empowered (laughs)
2: love it
1: (laughs) And having people in my life who support me in that journey, that also makes me feel empowered because when they lift me up, then I feel stronger. I don't want to make it seem like I'm doing everything by myself because that's absolutely impossible because I do have two children. Right. My partner makes me feel empowered. My sister, my close friends, my mom, my stepdad, like those people help me feel empowered and lift me up. And that is why I'm able to have my own business. Mm-hmm. And feel even more empowered. And uh, what
0: was the last part? Uh, the Develop- <laughs>
2: development.
0: Development. <laughs> what has been? What was the question? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> what keeps you feeling developed? What's your development for yourself? Like you know? Yeah, I would say I love to read.
1: I, love, I like I've been reading my whole life, which is why I'm a journalist because I just love to read. And so reading books, I feel like I can never know too much. I want to always be a student. I don't ever want to be like, oh, I already know that, you know, I, I feel like I've just done it all. Like at, at one point I was looking at um, and I might still do it going back to school because I just I just can't get enough. I just, you know, I'm glutton for wow. punishment. I just love I just love <laughs> learning. I love reading. So I have like a stack of books that I plan on reading this year and, um, you know, all on various topics and things like that. But I feel like you can and you should always exercise uh, the brain by mm. reading. So yeah, that keeps me developing, keeps me on top of things, and that's why you're like you know so much. It's like I read so much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it's good. I love it because it helps me. You're feeding into me.
2: You know what I mean?
0: I appreciate it. What were you gonna say, Kim? Sorry.
2: Well, I was gonna say the same thing. Your knowledge has helped others as well, and just to be able to feed off of you for that. So thank you for pouring into us. Thank
1: you for honestly for having me. You know, I think. I'm always telling people, like my mom used to always say to me when I was younger, like, uh, you know, mine is a terrible thing to waste and that nobody can ever take your education away from you. Mm -hmm. That there are so many other things people can take away from you. but They can't take your mind from you. As a kid, I didn't get it, but I was like, okay, sure, mommy, like, sure. And now as an adult, I'm like, it's the most prolific thing somebody's ever said to me because my intelligence and my smarts has gotten me to where I am. It helps me walk into a room of confidence because I know. I know things. Right. I know a yes. lot of things that you probably don't know. It yes. And then if I don't know it, then I can say I don't know. And I want you to tell me. So mm-hmm. I want to know the answer so that next time somebody asks me, I'm going to know. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think there's that thirst for knowledge that, you know, is just so important. And I love sharing I, if each, each one teach one. Um, You know, when you get that knowledge, then you go ahead, you go back and you tell everybody. I always go tell the homies like, (laughs) girl, did you know what I learned today? I'm always telling women. I'm like, girl, you need some weed on your pussy. Like, I'm I'm trying to to spread the knowledge. It's word of mouth. You know, everything's word of mouth. People don't want to read. So I'm going to read it and then I'll tell you.
2: (laughs) The people appreciate you. (laughs)
0: Yes, we do. Yes. Wasn't that an awesome episode? I really appreciate Shanitria for coming on to let us know more about Blonde Blue and Mama and the platform and the brand that it represents. It was all about normalizing the conversation about cannabis, understand the benefits that come from cannabis, and as women, as parents, it's okay and you're not a bad person if you smoke weed. I love that she was so knowledgeable about cannabis and Mm. the information she was able to provide to us was just so great. So I hope that you guys look in the show notes and get all of her information um, so you can reach out to her You can also go on to her Instagram and her platforms and learn even more. So I hope you enjoyed this episode.
2: Thanks for joining us this week on Giving Head, the podcast.
0: And make sure you check us out on Instagram and Facebook for more information on this Head episode. And as always, subscribe to the show to catch every new Head episode and leave us a review So we can continue to bring you that good head. See you next time. Ciao for now. Bye. Hey, Head Tribe. If you enjoyed this episode and want us to continue to grow our head message, jump over to buymeacoffee.com and show us some love. That's buymeacoffee.com forward slash giving head. That's G-I-V-I-N-G-H-E-D. And show us some love. Thank you.